Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17, and this morning we are going to look at one of the enemy's greatest tactics against us, and I, I want to say it this way, it's the one that I fall to maybe most of the time. It's the thing that stands out in my life uh, and, and trips me up more often than not. And it's the idea of living life on my own strength, doing it by myself, uh, trusting in my own ingenuity, my own hard work, my own abilities, my own smarts, and not including Jesus. And so this morning, uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. Uh, if you didn't like that intro, uh, some of you are already going, well, I don't want to talk about that. He's struggling with it. Maybe I am too, and that, I don't want to talk about it. But this is what we're going to talk about this morning. In Matthew chapter 17, uh, I'd like to read to you God's Word. Uh, and so if you'd stand in honor of God's Word, we, we're going to start at verse 14. If you don't want to stand too, that's fine as well. Uh, starting at Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, and it says this, And and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. Then I brought him uh, to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long? Am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. Then his disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed... You will say to the mountain and move and here, uh, move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. God, we ask your blessing on your word. May we be good students of it, and not just good students, but ones who understand it and then apply it in this next week. God, do your work in your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, we looked at the trip down the mountain, uh, Transfiguration. Uh, they have just seen Jesus in his glory. The three uh, were up on the mountain with him. Uh, they had the visitation from Moses and Elijah, and they also had the word from the Father to the Son that this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And now they've walked down from the mountain. They've been at that glorious place and that amazing, uh, life-changing time. They've come down from the mountain. They've talked along the way. They've understood that it's not yet the time that trials are going to come. And now they come back to the crowd, back presumably to the other disciples, the ones that were left behind, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and now they enter in from the glorious time to just the worldly 
type things, the discouragement of everyday life. We see this and we uh, come across a scene uh, of the faith of the Father. I, I have th- This is a message on faith this morning. And we will walk through the different kinds of faith and really uh, where faith fits into your life as well. Uh, how this all works. And in verse 14, as they gather with the, this crowd, uh, they came down to this crowd, which was the disciples and whoever else was there. It says that a man came up to Jesus and kneeling before him, he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. That's a father's prayer, isn't it? Uh, a faithful father uh, bringing a prayer for his son. And I, it's not the message this morning, but I want to tell you, uh, if you have a son or a daughter, that there's something wrong with them. Something physical or something spiritual. I love the picture of this father that he is searching for the answer. He's not sitting back and saying, woe is me. He's obviously already gone to the disciples. Now he sees Jesus and he comes before him and he kneels before him and he says, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. the, the idea of ha- having mercy is he's acknowledging that Jesus is greater, that Jesus is the king, that Jesus is the one who can grant mercy. He's the place that I should go. I want him. On behalf of my son, I come to you. And I want to tell you, uh, we need more fathers like this today, more fathers that are ready to run, uh, run to and fro, looking and, and interceding on behalf of their children. Uh, being the father of the home, uh, taking care of business and looking and searching for the answers for their children. So man humbly comes kneeling for his son and he describes his son's condition. And this is what he says. He says he's, he's an epileptic or in other translations it says lunatic. And the idea is, is that whatever is hurting him, whatever is Uh, taking over his body, it causes him to act like a madman, uh, to be able to lose control of his body. We're not real clear of this word, whether it means uh, something, uh, losing control in a a physical way, in a sense that it's a a physical problem, or if it's something of just the demon possession. We don't really know clearly. But it's something as he describes the, the effects of it, he, he tells us two things. He, sometimes he falls into the fire. He's, he's standing by the fire, and it, because of him losing control, he falls into the fire, and the water as well. And, and you get this picture that he is one, that his family is around him all the time, and is snatching him from the fire, snatching him from the water. And it says this, just describing his overall condition. As he suffers terribly, he suffers terribly, and uh, it's interesting about children, isn't it, parents? Um, some of you are older, and you you don't see your kids every day, and so you don't hurt for them anymore, right? It's over, right? You, you're done. No, no, you die every day for them, don't you? You die every day. You think about them all the time and, and you weep for them and you rejoice with them. You want Your heart is still with them. And so as the son suffered terribly, uh, 
this father suffered terribly as well. And so he came. He came before Jesus. And it was the faith of his father that came and brought him to Jesus, brought his condition to him. And then you see in verse 16, insufficient faith for the task. Insufficient faith. You think about this and you go, how can faith be insufficient? Well, it was. (laughs) I I struggle with exactly how that came about. I just know this. It was. So so you get the picture. The, the, The son is struggling. The father is bringing... And what's happened? He, he reports to Jesus, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. While you were gone, Jesus, let me tell you what happened. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. You, you think about that and you think, well, why couldn't they do it? You know, well, because they weren't Jesus, of course, but like what? Did they try to do it? Apparently they did, right? They tried to heal the son. And, and as they brought this about, it says, it just, they could not heal him. They couldn't do it. it. It says in the scripture here, it says, why? And Jesus answered, uh, can you imagine? I, you don't see this as a private situation. In fact, I don't think it was private. I think that it was public. I think the crowd was there. I think the disciples that were at the transfiguration were there. I think the disciples that weren't there that tried to heal. I think everyone was in earshot hearing what Jesus said. And Jesus says this. He talks about why they couldn't heal. He, he says, um, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long Am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Uh, what he's doing here is, I, I want to point this out. Who failed? Who failed? The disciples did. The ones that were left behind, right? We don't have a one trying, or maybe they all tried to heal him, and maybe it didn't happen. But it's as if uh, the man brings son he says, those disciples right there, Jesus backs up and he says, I want to I talk to you as a generation, a generation of people. He says, faithless and perverse or faithless and twisted. You are a faithless and twisted generation. Um, he points to the whole generation and he says, the reason... Uh, what he's really doing, he's connecting the disciples to the generation. And he says, disciples, you used your generation's methods of dealing with this situation. Boy, that's something, isn't it? And I want to say, I want to say this. Maybe he's speaking to us this morning. I'm not talking about you specifically, but if the shoe fits, wear it, okay? Maybe he's talking to this pastor here this morning. He's saying faithless and twisted. He's saying just part of the generation. How does your generation deal with things? How, how does it deal with money problems? How does it deal with health problems? How does it deal with uh, struggling and parenting? And uh, I, We could talk a lot about that, couldn't we? Parenting. So Sometimes we look to the scriptures for parenting advice, and then we go, oh, I don't want to do that, though. It doesn't work. I tried it yesterday, and it didn't work. I want to tell you, your parenting skills will be shown when your children are 30, okay? 
Okay? It's not about whether they obey when they're three. I want to give you a little tip here. No kids obey when they're three. No kid. I mean, they might trip o- they might at that one point in time, they might accidentally obey. Okay? But your parenting when they're small is that they would be the person you that God wants them to be when they're 30 and beyond and beyond. Okay? Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Faithful is a twisted generation. And, and Jesus, I, I, I look at this and I go, this is like a holy frustration. I, I, I want to tell you, uh, how many of you get frustrated on a daily basis? Most of us, I want to include us, me, uh, sinful frustrations. Sinful frustrations. We didn't get what we want, and so we're mad. So we, it's kind of part of our temper tantrum. We call it frustration, but it's really just a temper tantrum. Back to three, okay? Um, but, uh, but Jesus, sinless, he shares holy frustration with the generation and specifically with the disciples as they were handling a difficult situation. Jesus brings them and he says, you're faithless, you're faithless. For the generation, you are faithless. You trust in yourselves. You don't trust in God. You don't trust in me. And it's evidenced in this boy right here that you could not heal him. You could not heal him. And this idea of twisted, it's looking at things through your own eyes and because of your perverse heart, twisting it in such a way where you see things that are wrong as right and those that are right as wrong. That's what perversion is. That's what uh, this idea, it's taking that which is uh, not seeing it the right way and twisting it in such a way where you're looking at it wrong. And that he characterized that generation. I'll just say it. I characterize it as this generation as well. I realize that I can't see everything, but as I look uh, at what's going on in my own heart, in my own family, in my own generation, in my own time, this is what we are, faithless and twisted. And Jesus um, shares his frustration. And he says, how long? How long to put up with you? How long should I uh, be patient with you? Thankfully, Jesus' long-suffering is longer than mine. Longer than mine. One writer said it like this. He said, Jesus, he came down from the mountain and was confronted by a helpless boy, by a helpless father, by a helpless age or culture, and by his helpless disciples. That's what he was confronted with. He'd come back from this glorious time and he found these helpless people fumbling around trying to do it on their own. And so we find ourselves in verse uh, 18 where we find him to be the sufficient one. Jesus says this, and uh, I love it. How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. And I want you to hear that phrase, bring him here to me, because that's the answer all the time, right? When you've got problems, when you've got that son, when you've got that daughter, when you've got your marriage problems, when you've got things that are overwhelming, what do you do? Bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. 
Jesus was the place to which to go. He was the one who could do it. He was the one that would be sufficient. And what happens here is simple. Verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. You get that picture? They've been fumbling around. I wonder, we talked last week about uh, Elijah and how uh, prophets of Baal for hours, they were calling on Baal and somehow he didn't get the message. He was busy doing something or whatever he was doing. And, and they cried out and they were louder and, and, and Elijah mocked because it took them so long and there was nothing happening. And unfortunately, that may be us, right? We're doing everything we can and nothing's happening. And we're trying every trick. We're, we're searching the web. We're Googling it. And we're trying to figure out what's going to work. And we're looking for the secret potion. And nothing's working. And Jesus takes this one that he'd suffered terribly for a long period of time. Now the crowd had done their best. Now the disciples had done their best. And now Jesus, boom, instantly he's healed. I want to tell you, Jesus didn't tell him, take three aspirin and call me in the morning. This will just wear out. These antibiotics, you take two every day with a meal. Make sure it's with a meal. And after a while, you'll feel terrible. And then, uh, you know, you get all this gunk in you and uh, run its course and you'll feel better. Instantly, instantly. I want to tell you, when Jesus heals, that's what he does. This This was his method as he walked the face of the earth is that he healed people instantly, which showed himself different than everybody else. Everybody else. I want to tell you that uh, Jesus may not want you well. Uh, He may want you to struggle. He may want your trials to go on. That may be part of his plan, but he's kind and merciful. And he's the one to continue to cry to, to walk through life with you. You have the sufficient one, the one who healed him instantly. Bring him here to me. Uh, I love it. And then he takes them to faith school. Faith school. Verse 19. Uh, takes them to school. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, okay, so you got the crowd, you got the disciples, di- disciples who went up the hill, the disciples who were down, the disciples who tried hard. Uh, you got all these people. And then privately, privately he pulls away and he says, I want to teach you about faith. It's okay. It's okay happens. Uh, This is what happened. And I want to tell you, there's a little textual variant in verse 21. Some of your Bibles may say, uh, you'll see that 20, look for 21. Many of your Bibles don't have 21. They believe that uh, some, so it's kind of hard to explain, but I'll, I'll do it briefly. You have all the little pieces of Bible that they have found and they put them all together and like 90, high 90s percentage all agree with each other. And there's little different pieces here and there. And in this piece right here, uh, th- there's one verse that says uh, that these are the ones that only come out through prayer and fasting. And sometimes uh, when you're copying, when you're copying, uh, they, they've figured out that when you're copying things, they tend to get longer they tend to get longer because you insert words and uh, when you're copying. And so sometimes, anyways, if you look over to the parallel passage, this is, maybe it's interesting, in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, you'll see in there 
uh, there's a verse in that same section talking about the same event uh, that, that has that in there that Jesus said uh, that this is the one that comes out with, through prayer. Now, I, I want to tell you this. I want, I try not to make this complicated, but I believe that was said. I believe that was said, but not recorded, okay? Every word that Jesus said was not recorded. And I think that uh, verse 21, if it's in your Bible, uh, reveals kind of where this passage goes, that our faith is displayed by trusting in him through prayer, through even fasting, uh, that we would trust in Jesus, not in ourselves. So anyways, that, that's that little piece right there. Hopefully that's helpful to you and doesn't throw you for a loop. Uh, the disciples asked, why didn't it work? And I want to tell you, this wasn't a quiet, they were like frustrated. They were like, why didn't this work? We did it just like you did it, Jesus. We've watched you. We, we figured, we'd seen you do these healings and cast out demons before, and we did it just like you did it. Why didn't it work? This is their question. And uh, Jesus gives them a clear answer. He said to them, because of your little faith. Your little faith. Because of you. <laughs> didn't work because of you. If he could even say it this way, because you did it wrong. It would have turned out right had you done it right, but you didn't. And what they had done, what, what he points to is their little faith. And it's maybe hard to understand because he says little faith, and then he points to a mustard seed, which is the smallest of, uh, it's, a, it's a picture of small Small, and he correlates that with faith. And he says, well, what's wrong with this little faith and this little faith? What makes the difference? The idea when he points to their faith, it was that their faith, they, they had a relationship with Christ. The disciples did, especially, you know, we, we struggle with Judas. But the others, we see that their faith was displayed in the life that they lived. And he, he points to them and he says, you have little faith. And it's not that they didn't have any faith, okay? They trusted in Christ. They had relationship with Christ. But what was happening was that faith was not applied to the healing of this little boy. Do you get it? That they were not walking. And I, I want to say it this way. They were walking in the flesh. They were walking in themselves. They were trusting in their memory of how Jesus would do this. They were looking for a magic trick, if you will. They, they were saying, oh yeah, I can do this. I'm a disciple. I, I've been walking with Jesus. I've seen him do this hundreds of times. I'm going to do it just like he did it. And whammo! And nothing happened. Why? Because it was based on their copying or their magic or their uh, way that they thought it should be done. And Jesus says, that's the reason it didn't work. That's the reason you couldn't heal. Why? Because of you, because you had, de you had not depended on me to heal. They depended on themselves and their circumstances, their recollection, their tricks. Their faith came up short. They had a poverty of faith because they placed it in the wrong source. He moves from their wrong faith because of your little faith. For he says this, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, the small, insignificant, barely able to be seen, 
depending on your eyesight. Um, you will be able to say to a mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I want you to see this. He's not saying you can do all kinds of tricks if your faith is great. He's saying just a little of the right kind of faith, just a little faith in me, in me, that will impact your days. That will impact your moments. That will impact the life that you live, your home. It will impact your journey. It will impact your meal, your day of work. It, it will impact just a little bit of true faith in me. Not the idea that you can trust in yourself. I have three takeaways this morning from this passage that hopefully will be helpful for you. First one is this. There's only one healer. There's only one healer. Uh, the, I know that we, you've heard of faith healers and uh, people that go around in healing. I want to tell you this. If anyone's healed ever, if anyone's healed ever, it's because of Jesus. It's not about uh, healing in a person. You know, there's no strength in a man. There's no strength in a woman. Jesus is the only healer. And where everything got all messed up was that the disciples saw themselves as healers, that they could somehow do it, that they didn't need. But, but Jesus is the one healer. Jesus is the one healer. The second thing I would point out, a takeaway from this morning, is I just encourage you, do nothing on your own. Do nothing on your own. Nothing at all. When you wake up, trust in Him. When, when, you, uh, when you're going about your day, when you're heading off to work, when you're starting your day, re remember Him. Trust in Him. Do nothing on your own. See Him as not the one right beside you, but the one right in front of you. And, and the one that you're walking with and you're taking His hand. You're, you're letting Him lead you. You're, you're trusting in Him. You're going out and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to do this but I need you, so I, I, I do nothing on my own. And lastly, I would say this. Call out to Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Trust in the power of Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Um, you may have, and the whole deal of moving mountains, how, how many of you have just watched a mountain go from there to here and like, we don't see that, right? We don't see that. That's not an everyday occurrence. And, and this is what happens in life, is that we look at situations and we say, it can't happen. It won't happen. I look at the situations that I'm involved in and I go, oh no, it's hopeless. It's over. Can't be done. Done the math on this one. It's not going to work. And Jesus says, if you just have just a little faith, just a little faith in me, the one that's truly uh, worthy of your faith, your trust, if you have a little faith, you can see things that you can't see done. <laughs> things that are not common. Things that no one ever sees. Things that are against the percentages and they don't fit on the chart. Jesus says, you trust in me. You trust in me. Things can be changed. I think about who's here this morning I won't point at you or anything, but God's done that in your life. There, there are, some of you here this morning, um, if we pull in your childhood friends and say, uh, this, 
they're a believer in Jesus Christ, they would go, what? And the roof didn't cave in? You know, and that, that's crazy. They even went, like, I can't even see them in the building. I can't see them. No, no, they've been changed by the gospel. They've been changed by Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, uh, he's the only place to go. He's the only place to go. Let us turn in our old methods. Let us turn in our fleshly methods, uh, our own resources, and exchange it for running to Jesus. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your son Jesus. And God, it's difficult for us to understand all that goes on in the, the Gospels. We can't see the full picture, but you've instructed us enough to see this that we should trust in your son, Jesus. God, help us strengthen our faith. Uh, remind us to not trust in ourselves um, or in anything else. God, thank you for your church. Praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. You are dismissed.